Hello. Hi. New year, new me, new you, new decade. 2020, 220s. That sounds fake. 220s, I'm 20, you're 22. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's a year for for twenties. I heard that even years. I heard this today at work. That even years are supposed to be good years. Why? I don't know. She couldn't follow up with anything. She just said it was a superstition that her parents had, and therefore she had it. And I was like, I've never heard of that before. Interesting. No, so, I've, I've uh, never heard of that. It's the year of the rat, though, which means it's time for all of us to be the giant rat that makes all the rules. Is that a reference to something? Yeah, well, I've was... definitely said it in front of you before. Mm. No, I don't think I'm so. I'm the giant rat that makes all of the rules. It's from that. Does that ring no bells? No. No bells are going off? I'm so sad. Mm-hmm, there's No. No angels are getting their wings. Ugh, I'm so sad. I'll have someone to, gets it, surely. I'll send it to you and then you'll get it. And then you'll be part of that someone. Okay. That's exciting. I'm happy for that. Anyway, um, welcome to Bookends. Sorry this is so late. We had some life issues that made recording difficult. By life issues, we mean it was um, Christmas and the New Year's. <laughs> yeah, we had some scheduling conflicts because of it. it schedule okay. issues. My resolution or one of my resolutions for 2020 is to not release another episode late. <laughs> mm, shooting high. We're bad at that. But yeah. I think we can do it. I mean, if we just actually stay on schedule, we're recording this on a Thursday and technically to stay on schedule, we'd have to record again on Sunday. That's not going to happen, but it doesn't mean the episode can't get out on time. True. I'm going to be out of town on Sunday, so not going to happen, but well, that's okay. It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> It'll be fine. I believe in your resolution. What are you, do you have any other ones? I mean, they're just the usual human resolutions of like eat healthier, work out more, take better care of myself, sleep, things like that. You really um, need to sleep. I really need to sleep. Um, I also want to read my goal last year is 52 books and I exceeded that goal kind of all in the last seven months of the year because I was in school for the first five months and I'm going to be in school for the last few months of this year. So I haven't decided what I want my book goal to be yet because I don't know. I don't want to give myself something too ambitious and then fail. I don't know. That's kind of where I am because my goal last year was a hundred and I did meet it, but it was like stressful. And so I'm like, I don't know if I should do that again because like I did it, but it was hard. And it's yeah, supposed to be want, like fun, you know? I don't want reading to be a stressor. Yeah. But I, I think maybe I'll shoot for 50 again. That seemed right. It seemed good. Because when I have like a short, not short, but like a down week, I can read a few a week. It's just things get busy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't decided. Do you have any other reading related, um, what are the words, resolutions? Not particularly. I want to read more classics this year because... I've never really read classics on my own. I've only ever read them as part of like a literature course. Mm. So um, I think it'd be nice to read some classics now as an adult, knowing that I'm not being graded on my knowledge of them. That's fair. I think I want to read more outside of my own genre, just sort of diversify what I read. You do read pretty in your box. It's because I like it, but I realized lately that I like other things too, you know? Well, so, you have the power to do that. I do. I have the technology. We have the technology. We so have the technology. Speaking of 2020 and reading resolutions and reading goals, this is the second half of our year-end roundup episode. So I'm going to be talking about all my top books from 2019 so Yay. that you can know what to read in 2020, which is exciting. 
So if you want to hear Gray's half of this episode, listen to our last episode. Um, that has all of his amazing recommendations. Um, and there will be a blog post up soon about it. We are behind on the blog. We are getting back up to speed on the blog. Uh, that is my goal to, by the end of the week, have everything <laughs> in line for the blog. So I will definitely be writing this post later today. Who's to say if it gets posted later today? It's fine, though. You can listen, find out, and then eventually go to bookandsiblings.com to get a nice, concise list of everything I talked about because I'm talking about like 10 books. Um, 11. And that's a lot. Yeah. 10 and a bonus. So you want to get into it? Yeah. Cool. All righty. Let's go to the Google Doc that I need. Clickety, clickety, click. All right. So for our 2019 awards, end of the year awards, um, the Grammys of literature, <laughs> we broke it down into half of our superlatives are serious and half are just kind of fun. So the first of my serious awards is the best author you discovered this year. Um, and my favorite new author not that she's new but that she's new to me is april genevieve tucholke who i have talked about on i think more than one occasion yep and to me on more than so, one occasion i just something about her writing jives with me it just hits me her prose is just like magical and mysterious and unique and i just love reading it like i would read an instruction manual that she wrote she just I like the way she writes. That's really what it comes down to. Um, That's always a good feeling when you find an author that you're like, this is for me specifically. Like this fits all my boxes. I was looking back at um, an episode, one of the episodes we did, a recent one about horoscopes and astrology. And I recommended one of her book to Scorpios because I said it just screamed water sign to me. And I realized that all of her books are like that. And I think that's what I like. Like everything she writes feels, has like the air of the moon and like a starlit meadow with like a mysterious being that lives there. And I can't think of a better way to describe how she writes. That's not what she writes about, but that's what her writing feels like. Interesting. So she um, wrote Between the Spark and the Burn, I believe um, is what it's called. Uh, that is a series. There's, it's a duology. Um, she also wrote Wink Poppy Midnight, um, which is like a standalone. Those are very different books. But like I said, her writing style is just, I think, really unique. She's just Her voice is interesting and I like it. Um, I just started another one by her that's really different um, because those two are kind of magical realism, kind of contemporary. Um, and the one I'm reading now is more fantasy. Like it's set in like a medieval time. Um, and there's like more high fantasy elements to it, which I'm like not sure how I feel about yet. But like I said, I like her writing, so I'm sure it will be fine. <laughs> but, so the next award is the best debut novel. So I realized when I was looking through my list of what I read this year, I haven't read a lot by first time authors the past year. Not really on purpose, just kind of didn't work out that way. And I was trying to find something really recent, um, but the most recent I could find was from 2013. Oh my so gosh. The best debut novel from the few debut novels I had to choose from in my 2019 was The Madman's Daughter by Megan Shepard. I talked about this book in my Halloween special, um, my Spooktober guide, my I read as stupid amount of paranormal romances in one month and that's 
what I learned from it. Um, this is one of the books from that segment of my life. Um, I really liked this book. It is creepy and fun and it's a beginning to a trilogy so you kind of get to live in the world a little bit and I just like Megan Shepard's writing um, and I thought it was a really excellent debut novel it didn't necessarily feel like a debut novel and I don't mean that to be offensive because I don't know does that mean does that mean to say I don't know. do you mean it that like feels really polished or do you mean that yes. like, there's like a wisdom to like what do you what parts of of a seasoned published author are you channeling I don't know. I just sometimes you read a book and you go, oh, this was their first book. Like we were talking about with Maggie Steve Otter when mm. I started Shiver. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like this. And you're like, oh, that's her first book. And it's like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. It was not like this. It just felt polished and done and ready and mature. Interesting. You know, I'm glad. Like right off the bat. So um, that is The Madman's Daughter by Megan Shepard. If you want a book that's like just kind of creepy and fun, um, it's a about like basically it's like lord of the flies meets jekyll and hyde um but with a female protagonist and it's i i think it's like a really fun unique retelling of jekyll and hyde it doesn't it's not too derivative it's not too like straightforward you know exactly what's going to happen so i really appreciate that about it but it was published in 2013 you've told me that before obviously because we've talked about it here but like that comp of like lord of the flies and jekyll and hyde always gets me i'm always like ooh. Tell me more. Exactly. Isn't that intriguing? It really is. It's an interesting concept for a book. So also there's a love triangle. So some people I was looking I was looking at book reviews this weekend as I do and I found a whole blog dedicated to books without love triangles and I was like I didn't know people felt this strongly about love triangles. So I guess yeah, I'll warn a lot you, of it people, has a love triangle in it. Yeah. When they were really really popular like it was a big deal. Because everyone was like, I'm sick of it. It says in every book, like, I don't want it anymore. And you don't see them as much anymore, I feel like, you know. But yeah, I don't know. I never tried to read ones with love triangles, but I, I think it was really hitting its peak when I was not an avid reader yet. So I didn't encounter them a whole lot. So I don't have I mean, opinions. I guess, is this a post-Twilight thing? Yeah, this is definitely post-Twilight, I think. Once again, we live in a post-Twilight world. YA PT. is forever changed by twilight we're in the year of our lord what 10 15 years pt something like that i don't know when did the first book come out mm, i think it might have been 2008 actually i was thinking 2005 but 2008 seems right circa we're just it's around there <laughs> it's fine <laughs> moving on so the best sequel slash companion novel of the year um i didn't have to think about this at all i immediately knew what this is going to be and it was the kingdom of copper by s.a chakraborty um this is the second book in the dave abad trilogy have you read this yet i got halfway through the first one and i really liked it but i left it at home when i like went to to, to school because the book is so big that i was like i can't, i'm already overflowing with things so i haven't finished it but i did really like what i read so i need to finish it one of these days and then i need to read the second one I know a lot of people have talked about this book, so I'm not saying anything revolutionary, but this is the best fantasy book of our current time period. Like You feel extremely strongly about that. I feel really strongly about this. I think it is a unique voice that we need because it's for once a fantasy book that got really popular that is not all white and it's not based in Europe, which is really nice and refreshing. Mm -hmm. um, it is just stupidly well done. The world is so fleshed out and like 
I just, I love the character arcs so far. I obviously don't know how they're going to end because it's only the second book, but so far their character arcs have just been mwah, chef's kiss. I love them. Um, <laughs> chef's I kiss. also think these books reread really well, which is not always the case, but they have a lot of heft to them, both physically and like <laughs> metaphorically. Um, and when you go back and reread, you really appreciate the depth there is to these books. Like, cause I went back and reread um, City of Brass before I read Kingdom of Copper. So I could actually remember what happened. And I was like really impressed. Like I liked it more on my second read than on my first. And it can get a little bit hard. Um, there's a lot of names and a lot of politics, but you know what else has a lot of names and politics? Every other fantasy series ever. Like, yeah, let's that's, be honest. Yeah, that's it's one of the, of the like, things of the fantasy genre that like if you're not good at memorizing that kind of thing and like keeping up with it you're gonna have a hard time with that that's how i am with fantasy is like i struggle reading fantasy novels because i'm like i don't know who anyone is any of the time and there's so many moving parts to keep track of but like that's just that just comes with the territory that's not any fault of this book I don't think it's a fault of the author at all. I think that's just, it's part of fantasy because fantasy is usually focused around a kingdom and therefore there's politics and moving parts. And part of also this book is really um, enjoyable because I don't know, I feel like sometimes it gets pushed as YA, but I would argue it's not. <laughs> really? Um, the First of all, the main character is not in her teens. She's in her 20s. Oh, I guess. Second of all. Yeah, I guess that is true. The book deals really heavily with like, not that YA can't, but the book does not mostly circle YA themes. Like, yeah, there's a romance, but that's not really the point. Like, I don't know. I, I think that calling this YA is a way to um, take away some of its credit. Not that there's anything wrong with YA, but I think people do that as a way to kind of write it off um, and dismiss it a little bit. Was it sold as YA, do you know? I'm not sure what it was sold as, to be honest. Or shelved, I guess. I'm going to mm-hmm. look that up because now I'm curious. But the point is, I think even if you're like, I don't like YA, I don't like fantasy, give this book a shot. This is, I've only said the title once. So I'm giving the award to The Kingdom of Copper, which is the second book in the Dave Abad trilogy. And I just, I will sing praises about this series forever. The third book comes out in June of next year. Um, I'm not going to talk about that more. Um, but... I just love it. I think she's such an excellent writer. It's such an interesting concept. Like, it's just so fresh. Like, I just, I love fantasy. And I'm so tired of all the tropes in fantasy. And when this came out, I was like, yes, thank God, something new and different. Like, (laughs) you were excited. So I'm looking at it and it's, it seems to be shelved as adult. But I have heard people try to say it's young adult because I thought it was young adult until you mentioned to yeah. me that it isn't and then I was like oh wait. I don't think it's meant for young adult I think it is solidly yeah. an adult book and I think if you haven't picked it up because you think it's too young for you d- ignore that it's not <laughs> like yeah. you will enjoy this as an adult so anyway I will talk about that for 40 minutes so I'm going to move on before I do um for the next award why am I transitioning so weirdly? The next award is Most Surprising. So this is a book that just I was shocked by or like, I don't know, it wasn't what I expected it to be. And I gave this to The Winner's Trilogy by Maria Rudowski. So I say book, it's really a trilogy. Um, the first one I think is called The Winner's Curse and then it's like The Winner's Kiss and then it's like The Winner's, I don't know. Is this the, the one reasons- that you expected to be like 
blah, blah, blah. It's just pretty ladies in dresses. And then it was like really good. Yes. And that was what I was about to say. The titles okay. are terrible. The yeah, they, covers are terrible. The book is amazing. And I don't think this book has gotten enough attention because the marketing is so, so bad. Like, Interesting. I just, okay. So the two covers, if you haven't seen them, one of them is a white lady in a black background wearing a large dress and it's like a picture taken from above and she's like on the ground looking up at the camera with her dress splayed around her it's horrible yeah and then the second one is like a blonde girl like holding a sword and like looking like she's about to fight but she's like making eye contact with like the audience and it's also bad so like both of the covers are terrible it looks like it's going to be like a really either a really crappy romance if you're looking at the dress cover or like a really crappy fantasy if you're looking at the sword cover. In reality, it is a, both a good fantasy and a good romance. Nice. Um, this is a book series that I, when I started it, literally could not stop reading it. Like it halted all productivity in my life. I had to read all. I think I read all three like in three days. Like I think I read one a day back to back to back because I was like so into it um it's set in this like it's fantasy i think it gets shelved as fantasy because it, people don't know what to do with it there's actually no magic in it but it's in like an ancient roman like society but it's all fictional like it's not it's not at all historical fiction mm -hmm. so it gets shelved as fantasy but there's not like magic in it at all but basically this like rich daughter of a general who's also like a really good war strategist like she is um on a whim buys a slave in the market just because it's whatever she just is kind of into him and she buys a slave and turns out that he is leading a slave rebellion and she gets swept up into it and it's just really good Ooh. um yeah and it does not it's surprising in that it's different from its cover and its titles but the actual like arc of the trilogy is also like when i say that to you you have a vision of how this book is going to go right right it's not that whatever you're thinking oh. hmm. it's not that so i just really recommend the winner's trilogy by maria maria rudowski rukowski oh dang it i was saying with a d i knew a girl whose that was her last name dang it okay maria rukowski um it's just it's a delight it's a surprising little hidden gem like honestly so also the romance in it is really good. I'm not saying that that takes anything away from it. Like, please read it if you are interested in any of these things. So um, the next category is best adult fiction. Uh, Gray, what did you do for your genre specific category? I did middle grade. Okay. So that makes sense. The thing that we both read is YA. The thing that I read more than you is adult fiction. <laughs> yep. Um, so I chose, this was another really easy choice for me um the silence of the girls by pat barker i know i've talked to you about this book before because it just impressed me so much i cannot remember if i've mentioned it on the podcast um but pat barker writes a lot of historical fiction um and a lot of it i think is centered around like civil war era i don't know i haven't read any of her other things but the silence of the girls is a book that will forever change how you think about greek mythology and like greek history because it is told from the perspective of it's like what's going on in Achilles story told from the perspective of a female slave 
and it is heart-wrenching and dark and upsetting and beautiful all at once and just I think a really important book it's really heavy um, but it's just like a really eye-opening idea of like what if we told history and these legends that we all know and are really culturally significant what if we told them from the perspective of women and the perspective of those that are oppressed I know that's something that literature is moving towards a lot more now and I think that's important um but I don't think we necessarily do it a lot with stories that are already familiar to us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, everything that happens in Achilles life, like, you know, when they're, you know, getting stressed about these different battles and they don't know how things are go, like, you know, how he dies and when he's going to die and all the characters that are playing in it. But hearing it from his slave's perspective and, you know, she's a woman from a wealthy family who is a conquered land. Like, it was just beautiful. It's just a beautiful book. The Silence of the Girls. This was recommended to me by one of my close friends who she understands my uh, taste in books and everything she's ever recommended me has been perfect. So, Also, that title is so good. This That's thing really is just title. like punches you in the gut the whole time in the best yeah. way. And you should read it. And I should read more by Pat Barker because this book is so good. And I'm sure her other books have done well too. Um, and I like historical fiction. So I really should just read everything by her. <laughs> All right, so my next category, we are moving into the more fun uh, awards. So (laughs) for Gray, we were laughing and we did this little like thing where we, because both of us read a lot of things um, not by white straight men. So Gray, kind of as a joke, kind of as just like a way to poke fun at the way that the world sees the default, did his, what was it? Um, Favorite straight author. Favorite straight author. I was going to do best male author because I, as I've said before, unintentionally only read books by women because I'm not interested in the male perspective. Genuinely, I don't do it on purpose. I don't really pay attention to an author when I'm picking a book, but when I look back on my books, they're all written by women. Um, It turns out I did that too well this year, and I only read two books by men, and they were both um, medical-related books. they were good um i just don't think they're really for the audience of our podcast also Um, it's hard to pick a best when you have like two to pick from yeah it does it that's kind of meaningless if i say it's the best i literally read two so i don't have one for this category (laughs) i Uh, really it doesn't exist it's just the category in a or not category the award in a nothing there was just uh, there was nothing i i'm sorry guys i don't mean this to be like annoying i just i started i think three books by guys this year and i didn't like them i stopped them oops do you know what books they were um i started the silent patient i think it's by a man it's from a male narrator i don't know if it's actually written by a man and you know what? Everyone loves that book. It took me so long to get it from the library. Like there was such a wait for it. I was bored to death and I didn't get past Oop. the first like two chapters. Oopsie. Also, I started Gone Girl. Um, I think that's by Jillian Flynn, though, who I actually do like. Isn't that? Um, I want to say yes. I'm going to I've check. liked a lot of other Jillian Flynn's books. Um, Gone Girl, I think because it's from the perspective of a man, I did not like as much. Um, yeah, that's by Jillian Flynn. Okay, see, it's just, I'm not interested in the male perspective, even when it's written by women. Wow. That's fair. I really don't do it on purpose, guys. This sounds so snooty and weird. It's just how it is. Purely accidental that you just gravitate towards 
yeah. female's perspective written by women. Yeah, it's true. We've read a it's few true. like dual POV with male perspective on the podcast. I'll do a dual POV. Mm, I see. A lot of the romances I read are dual POV, um, which I actually like then because I like getting to hear the story from both sides. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of how the cookie crumbled this year. Maybe I'll change that next year. Who mm-hmm. knows? Men, start writing books that are more interesting. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So the next award is the best book to recommend to your mom. I'm actually picking a book that we read on the podcast. Um, I'm picking Far From the Tree by Robin Benway. Aww. I think we have a whole episode on it, so I'm not going to talk about it very much. But it is a lovely book about family and like finding yourself and it has a really positive message and it's really like wholesome but also very real and she'll probably cry when she reads it like in a good way and I think you know if you're looking for a book to recommend to your mom far from the tree is a good option you can hear us talk about it in depth and I don't remember the number of the episode I think it's the second one (laughs) yes in our second episode oh wow so sweet so My next fun category is a me-specific category, Um, and it is the fantasy world I definitely don't want to live in. Uh, I read a lot of fantasy this year, and there's some of these universes that I'm going to take a hard pass on. (laughs) Yeah. And And you don't do dystopians. No, I don't do dystopian. These are just like fantasy lands. They're not like purposefully bad. Exactly. They're not purposefully bad. They're not like, ooh, it's a reflection of society, whatever. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Whatever. I have quirks. But the fantasy world I definitely don't want to live in is the world of Ember in the Ashes slash I think the series is also called Ember in the Ashes by Sabah Tahir. Uh, I talked about this. I think I recommended this for, oh God, was it Aries? I recommended it for a fire sign in our mm-hmm. horoscope episode. Um, it's a really good book series, Ember in the Ashes. I am, it's a, what is it called for four books? Um, saga, I think. No, uh, they didn't no. call it a saga though. They called it something that started with like quad or quint. Uh, like it had the Q. Yeah. I don't um, remember. There's four though. There's going I'm to be Google four. It. Um, but there's only three released, so we don't know how it's going to end yet. Uh, the book's really good. The series is really good. I love the characters. I absolutely would not want to live in the situation they live in, though. It is this, once again, based on ancient Rome, except for this one, there's just like a lot of bad going on. I don't know. It just seems extra like dark, like violent. So Some of the internet is telling me that four books in a series is called a quartet, but that doesn't feel right, so... I think it's quartet. And I I think I didn't feel like that was right either because I know the word quartet, but mm. something like that. Well, anyway. anyway, so I would not want to live in that universe. Finally, not finally, actually, there's like three left. Oh my gosh. So this next award is for the love interest you would risk it all for. And I chose Neely Redding from Between the Spark and the Burn, which is the second in the Between series, which is written by April Genevieve Cholke, who was my author of the year. So lot of, she's showing lot up a couple of stuff times. from her. Yeah. I really liked her books this year. And I just, I'm, glad. I'm sorry. I really liked them. Um, Neely Redding. Once again, if you don't like a love triangle, you won't like him or the romance arc of these books. Um, I do like a love triangle. He is person number three in the love triangle. Um, he was also a surprise. He's also a wholesome and just, oh, uh, he's just like a nice pure 
I just I like him a lot and I like him a lot for the main character Vi like because she starts out being interested in this other guy um, and then she's interested in Neely and the juxtaposition between the two you're like yes we like him better Um, I don't know I like seeing characters in healthy relationships is that too much to ask apparently and also he just um, he just reminds me of a character because there there is the YA book so like 17 or something he just reminds me of a character I would have a crush on as a like 16 17 year old you know Aww. Uh, kind of the way that Percy Jackson I will always have a crush on yeah so he's like that where he's just like he's genuinely good no and you just you like good. that yeah you, you love to see it you know you love to see it um the last of the fun awards is the protagonist slash character you would hate if you were a real person <laughs> if they were a real person i am a real person if you um, were a real person the character you would hate if they were real um sorry this i don't know if this is boring now um the other half of the love triangle i just talked about <laughs> oopsies <laughs> his name is river and if he Ugh, really existed i think i would just punch him in the face i think he's so annoying and like tries to be mysterious too much and like you see how that's like so enticing to the main character because she's like a teenage girl but as like an adult looking at it i'm like oh god stop just stop we don't have to be dramatic all the time, you know? Like, we can just just chill. We can just be We people. don't have to manipulate people for our own amusement. Like, <laughs> we don't have to do that. Like, we can just have fun here. Just like, be nice to people. Is that. Anyway, um, I really do recommend the Between series by April Genevieve Tocholke. It's really good. I've recommended it to you a lot. I recommend it on the pod a lot. I really enjoy it. It's just weird and fun. Um, and these two love interests are a really, they're a fun little juxtaposition. They are very different. Uh, they're also brothers. So Wait, what? They're brothers. It's, you you love to see it. <gasps> oh, my God. It adds a good layer. They are foils to each other. Oh, my god! And they're brothers interested in the same girl. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's great. Finally, my final award goes to the most anticipated book of 2020. So this is the book I'm looking forward to the most. I will say, um, unlike you, I don't really stay on top of book releases that much. Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, I prefer to read things because I love series. I prefer to read things that are done and over. Yeah. Um, I like to be able to just have it all. I don't like having to wait. But the last day of a bad book is coming out in june and i know i've already spent 40 minutes talking about it so i'm not going to talk about it much more but i'm really excited for the empire of gold i'm excited for the end to this beautiful series i'm sure that she's going to give us an incredible finale i have high expectations to be honest you know i bet they'll be met i hope they'll i be bet met. they will be met i hope they are met I'm going to pre-order this book as soon as I can. I don't think it's available for pre-order yet. Maybe. No, it is. I think it is on Amazon. I need to just go ahead and do that um, so it can just show up at my door. My new right resolution is to have caught up so I can read the new the, or the final one when it comes out. Well, you have like six months, so I think exactly. you'll be okay. <laughs> be good. Um, but I'm really excited for The Empire of Gold. Also, she's been cranking these books out because I read the first one relatively soon after its release, and it really wasn't long ago. So I've been really impressed with the pace. Like the pace to quality is really good. I'm like, I don't feel like the books are suffering because of how quickly she's turning these around. So I'm stoked. I'm glad Can't you're help stoked. it. 
I'm stoked too. And that's it for my 2020 wrap up. Isn't that insane? Or 2019 wrap up. Oh my God. 2019 wrap up. <laughs> and the year is over. It's 2021 now, everyone. No. Wow. That, that was horrendous. quick. No. That's it. That's it for 2019. That is a whole year of reading. Reading things. Quickly reading summed books, up. Liking books, not liking books. Loving well, books. Loving books. So great. Ready to move on? Yep. So we didn't do our intro. Oh, well, I didn't know we were going to sell them. I thought we were just going to do it. No, I thought we were going to tell them. I thought we were going to be transparent. Oh, I thought we were going to lie and cheat and steal. (laughs) Okay, well. 2020, we're criminals now. Anyways. Hey, what's up? I'm Gray. And I'm Marcy. I'm a writer. And I'm a reader. And this is... Bookends, a literary podcast. Where we read books. uh, And talk about books. We do. We review books. We talk about books. We like books. We love books. We don't like books. We don't read books What are we reading today? Um... So we read for our theme of like winter, just sort of a vague Mm -hmm. winter theme. We read We Are Okay by Nina LaCour. So I'll get into that summary. You go through life thinking there's so much you need until you leave with only your phone, your wallet, and a picture of your mother. Marin hasn't spoken to anyone from her old life since the day she left everything behind. No one knows the truth about those final weeks. Not even her best friend Mabel, but even thousands of miles away from the California coast at college in New York, Marin still feels the pull of the life and tragedy she's tried to outrun. Now, months later, alone in an empty dorm for winter break, Marin waits. Mabel is coming to visit, and Marin will be forced to face everything that's been left unsaid and finally confront the loneliness that has made a home in her heart. An intimate whisper that packs an indelible punch, We Are Okay is Nina LaCour at her finest. This gorgeously crafted and achingly honest portrayal of grief will leave you urgent to reach across any distance to reconnect with the people you love. So that review said a lot of the things, or not review, but summary said a lot of the things about it that I was going to say, which is that I like this book a lot. I like this book a lot for its exploration of grief. It's a really heavy book, and I didn't realize it was going to be as heavy as it was going into it. Oh, yeah, this was a heavy book, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. It was it was a lot. So let's let's get into our rating. So for enjoyability, I gave it a three point five. Um, I did like the book, but I don't know. There was something about it that, on a sort of grand scale, wasn't as intriguing as I thought it was going to be. Like there would be scenes that I was really invested in, but like I listened to the audiobooks of things, and so like I'd be listening to it, and then I'd get distracted and be not as interested in it you know what I mean um some of the time not the whole time yeah well because this book was told between her current like the it would go back and forth between her current experience of grief and something in the past yeah so sometimes one of those two because you're flipping back and forth one of the directions you go would not it just wouldn't be as interesting as some of the other directions and that's always true but like I get what you're saying Mm -hmm. on like a macro scale I also felt that there was just like something missing. I don't know. I can't really articulate it. But yeah. I also gave it a 3.5 because I did enjoy it. But mm-hmm. I didn't walk away from it being like, wow, I, I really it. liked that book. Yeah. 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 But like, and I think it I was think a about... really no, you go. good exploration of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, that's not necessarily an enjoyable topic. So, yeah. Yeah. But it was still good enough that we gave it a 3.5. So, there's that. 
Yeah, no, I definitely still enjoyed it. I just, uh, I agree I with you. I wish I'd enjoyed it more. Yes. Yeah. 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 I feel like there is a possibility for me to enjoy it more because, and also because like for me, I read Neil LaCour's, some of her other stuff. So like, I know that I have like, I, I know her other work. And so I like, I wanted to enjoy it more, but I did still like it. So for balance, I just sort of gave it a three. I didn't have a lot of strong feelings on the balance part, but I get that's better than negative feelings. So yeah, that's how I felt. I also gave it a three. Um, The weird thing about this book is that it, in real time only takes place over the course of like three days yeah um so that was kind of weird because i felt like it was a lot packed like chronologically a lot packed in in terms Mm -hmm. of like what she's going through and processing um but also i don't really have a problem with that i don't know it just kind of middle of the road and middle of the road's a three so yeah eh, it's a three three neutral three um expectations i gave a four because I really liked the prose a lot. I really liked Nina LaCour's writing. Um, I found a lot of, which we'll go into writing style in a minute too, but like I just, I loved on on a sentence in paragraph level, I was very um, surprised in a good way. I also gave it a four for expectations. So this is a book that um, you mentioned when you said this was the book you chose. I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Maybe I've read something else by her or something like that. This has actually been in my to read folder for like a long time. And I just never gotten my hands on it. Like I just hadn't, you know, prioritized that. Um, So I did have some expectations that it was going to be good because I had been sort of eyeing it for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like it exceeded those expectations a little bit it was different um than what in my head I thought it was going to be but I don't think that is a bad thing this is so much about grief more than it is really about anything else um and if you're not into that you're probably not going to like this but if you know that that's what you're getting into it is really beautiful and I think even better than I thought it was going to be also it's not very long yeah it's it's a really quick read it's like 250 pages i think like it's heavy and intense but it's not drawn out so i did actually like that surprisingly i was kind of like oh i don't know how i feel about this it's like shorter than i expected it to be um but i think that it did what it needed to do and it didn't take too long to get there and i appreciate that yeah i agree with that uh for writing style i gave it a four as well um i really liked the style and i wanted to just read read a few quotes because I don't know there's something very like succinct but honest but like still poetic about um LaCour's writing so like at one part it says we'd all been leaving one another going to other places in the fall and now that the season was changing rushing towards graduation everything we did felt like a long goodbye or a premature reunion we were nostalgic for a time that wasn't yet over and like on a writing level, that's good, but also just like it encompasses the feeling of being a teenager that is about to be an adult. You know what I mean? Because it, it changes mm-hmm. from her first semester uh, of college back to the year before in their senior year. And I don't know, that's just also a similar place in my life right now. So it resonates with me a lot. But I think it's a good example. Um, I gave writing style a five. I really liked her writings. I really Ooh. liked her prose. Uh, it just like resonated with me really well, like on an emotional level, mm-hmm. um, the way she wrote. And I think that the quote you just read is a good example of like 
I would give that as an example to an aspiring writer of like how to, I don't know, like it's the whole like show don't tell. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that she wasn't telling there, but like she doesn't say, I don't know. It just, you're right. It succinctly captures a whole complex feeling. Yeah. Um, And we've all been in that whole complex feeling of you know that a stage of your life is ending on a date and a new one is starting on a date. And so you're going into everything with that knowledge. And that's like a really special, weird, muddy feeling. And yet she gets that in like a sentence. And I think she does that a lot um, with her, what, when she talks about what grief feels like and how difficult Mm -hmm. it is for um, Marin and it's just, it was, I was reading it and I was like, I understand how you feel. And you just, I feel like, I feel seen, Nina LaCour. I feel mm. seen. I wanted to really quick read another quote that was about grief that I was like, oh, oof. Maybe she thinks I'm being dramatic. Maybe I am. But I know that there's a difference between how I used to understand things and how I do now. I used to cry over a story and then close the book and it all would be over. Now everything resonates sticks like a splinter festers like oh that's so good and that's so to me accurate just that i used to cry over it and then i'd close the book and it'd be over like i don't know i like that a lot i want to read more by her are they all this kind of like dark or is this just a specific because i listened to her Um, little like author's note and she was talking about how she wrote this as she was grieving her grandfather um so i didn't know if her other books were kind of in this vein of heaviness or if this was a one-time thing yeah the other one i read by her was not this heavy it still dealt with like feelings of that's i mean it's why so specifically the feelings of like you're about to enter a new stage of your life um but this one was the most was more heavy than the first one i read i haven't read any stuff other than those two so i don't know for the other ones but um yeah Uh, you know me well which is the other one i read by her that she did with uh david levithan um that one was was light was definitely lighter than this one but still really good so memorability i gave a 3.5 i originally gave it a three and then we started talking about it and i was like well but i liked it a lot (laughs) and also like it's been because of the schedule changes and stuff um it's been a while since I finished the book. And even though I don't remember everything about specific like character names or whatever, I have the very distinct like memory of the feeling it gave me kind of thing. Um, and so I changed it to a 3.5 because I felt that was more accurate. So I gave it a four for memorability. Ooh. Um, like I said, something about the way she described grief, I just felt seen by Nina LaCour. I was like, Nina, this is something that I have felt and I feel that you just described it in a way that is hard to describe. Yeah. I just related to it a lot. Weird baby voice. Um, (laughs) but no, I for real though, I think if you've ever lost someone um and you're ready to read about other people and their losses, uh this is a good book because it really articulates um feelings that are really hard to articulate not only just because they're hard to talk about but because they're kind of out of the realm of words in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um and so i gave it a four i don't know maybe i should give it a five i'm thinking about it um and i just 
it's just interesting because what she went through is not at all similar to like what I'm talking about in my life, but yeah. the feeling's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to give you a five, Nina. You really like this book. In the- I really like this book. It's weird because enjoyability is, I stand by my 3.5 for enjoyability, but I think that there's obviously, there's more to a book than your surface level, how much you enjoyed it, because otherwise we would just only do enjoyability and wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, reading. that's um, true. I think this is a good example of a book that you're not reading and you're like, this is fun, mm-hmm. um, but it is still something worthwhile and worth your time. Yeah, that's fair. For believability, I... <sighs> I gave it a 3.5, but I think I'm going to change it to a 4 because thinking about grief again and thinking about the portrayals of like what Marin does with her grief and how she handles it um, feels extremely human. And like you said, I feel extremely seen. So I think I'm going to actually change that to a 4. Okay, so this is where we differ. <laughs> oh, interesting. I gave it a 2.5 for believability. So here's my thought. Uh-huh. I think too much happens in too short of amount of time, and that's it. Oh, okay. That's what it comes down to. I believe the grief feelings. I believe her actions up to the start of the book. But like I said, the present tense part of the book takes place over like three or four days, and I just don't think that's enough time to kind of gone through the soul-changing experience she went through. Mm-hmm. Um I guess it's not impossible, but I don't fully believe it either. Like the whole time I was kind of like, all right, we, we just got started. What do you mean? Like, oh, we're already over here? Like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's just because I am a slower to change person than she is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I just kind of wish it had been... I wish a little bit a little more time longer. passed. Yeah. Um, with, with the caveat that three is, like, believable, 2.5 mm-hmm. is not that bad. It's just a, it's a hair underbelievable for me. Right. Um, yeah, it's just a little a little off to me just and i really loved the book i just at the end of it was kind of like well that was quick though interesting yeah i obviously all of our ratings are subjective because any rating is going to be subjective but that is really interesting and that's a really like good example of how like when i'm thinking about the believability of the book my own experiences like i don't think i'm as slow to change kind of person maybe as you are and maybe that's why i was more willing to believe that she could um after like reconnecting with mabel um go through this change so yeah that's interesting yeah i mean that is probably comes down to the difference between us as people um right and the different ways that we grow and we change and we've seen ourselves and i think i just really connected with marin and then she didn't do what i would have done and then i didn't believe it as much i don't know it's really subjective yeah yeah so what is your overall? My overall is a whopping 4.33. Wow. You really like this book. I really liked this book. You did a good job with this book. Thank I'm you so for glad. this. I'm so glad. I'm always worried I'm going to pick a book that like we really won't like, which is fine because that just, you know, sometimes that happens, but I prefer it if you like the book that I like. I gave it a three point, or, or I didn't give it, but it ends up at a 3.66, which is still pretty high considering some of our other books but what is that total the total is a 3.99 so let's just call it a cool four 3.99 equals cool four yeah nice so wow Wow. Uh, Wow. i think that's our highest rating is it have we hit a four before no the immortalist didn't hit a four 
I think Morlis was like 3.8. Well, we have a spreadsheet. Let's see what the spreadsheet says. Yeah. 3.87. 3.87. And then Polygamous Daughter was 3.9. Wow. Yeah. This is our highest rated book ever. Wow. Good way to end the year. Aw, Start a new one. Start a new one. Let's keep that energy. Yeah, I like that. Good job. Yay. Wow. I'm really impressed with that. Um, would you recommend this book, Gray? Oh, for sure. I, as with every book, I'm going to think about the person I'm recommending it to, especially because this one's really heavy. But um, I, I definitely would if I knew that the person was in a place to read about grief or was interested in a book that explores that in a really authentic and compassionate way. Yeah, I think some of the key words of this book are authentic and compassionate, like honestly, because no character in this book is blameless or like perfect. Like they're all very much people. Right. But the light that LaCour takes with each of them is so gentle. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, so This is a forgiving. gentle book. Yes. Gentle is a good word for it. It also is an excellent winter read. It takes mm. place over winter break. It... Everything about it has like this air of um, like the feeling at the end of winter when stuff is dead and you're waiting for new life. Yep. That's what this book feels like. Yes. It's a very lonely book, which makes sense because she's incredibly lonely and isolated. Um, and and LaCour did a really good job with making the book feel the way that she feels, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's why it's as memorable and like as impactful as it is is it's so god it feels so real like uh you just you know what she feels like like i was picturing like my freshman year dorm you know when she Mm -hmm. was talking about her dorm room and like uh she goes to school in upstate new york and you go to school in upstate new york so i had all these little places that i could picture Mm -hmm. in addition to really understanding a lot of obviously not exactly but a lot of the feelings she was feeling like it was just aching what the description you read said something about like achingly intimate or something like that um i think that would be that's a really good an way intimate to whisper with intimate an indelible whisper. punch yes intimate yes whisper. that whoever wrote that blurb did an excellent job <laughs> they did a really good job that blurb five stars that that yes <laughs> across the board we should start rating just like blurbs of things but on the six, <laughs> the six um, categories, oh my believability God. of this blurb, five star. <laughs> the balance of this blurb. <laughs> the memorability of this blurb. Ugh. The enjoyability expectations. of Expectations. We're oh, just going to say all the categories. This isn't, a, this isn't a joke anymore. No, we're, yeah. Anyways, that'll do it for our theme of winter and also for 2019. Now it's 2020, which means that we're going to be starting it off with a more fun theme which is we will be doing books with real people on the cover, but they like shouldn't have real people. (laughs) So a bit of a a note on this. When Gray and I were coming up with the idea for this podcast, we made a master document of every book theme we could possibly do. Like we had like 50 something themes and they were a pretty good mix between serious and stupid. And to pick themes for the next six months, we picked random numbers and picked out of the list. And I think this one is hilarious and really niche. Um, and we're also probably going to end up with really different books, which I love when we end up mm-hmm. with really different books. <laughs> this one is fun because it is purely visual. And so there will probably be nothing in common with the two books, which like, to be fair, 
we've had a lot of differences in the ones we've chosen already. But I would I just like, like us to all remember Starcrossed and the Scorpio races were in yes. the same month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But no, I agree. Because we're not limited by genre or author or anything. It is yep. just based on the cover, which I think is wild and love. I love it. I'm excited. I um, have not picked my book yet. So uh, please hold. Here's the name of the book we'll be reading. The Kiss of Deception by Mary E. Pearson. And you're hearing it first, folks. And you're hearing it first. Breaking you're news. Hearing it first. Breaking news. And you're hearing it first. So. so that'll do it for us, I think. Yeah. Will it? You can find us on Twitter at Book and Siblings. You can also find us at our website, also bookandsiblings.com. Um, we're a little bit behind, like we mentioned earlier, with our blog posts, but that's okay because we're human and we make mistakes. And we'll get caught up. And then you can go and look at all of our big lists of all the books that we liked this year that you heard in this episode and also last week's episode. So Yeah, we have a master list of every book we've ever reviewed. Um, and even though we're only 10 episodes in, we're at once I'm done updating it, we're going to be at like 50 books. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a little ridiculous. Um, we talk about a lot here. We do. We shove so a lot into... siblings.com is a, a good resource. Yes, for, for books, for recs, for all those fun things. We have fun graphics. I like I like the visual stuff on our website. Thank you, this Marcy, for making it. It's not sponsored by Squarespace, but it's not, thank but you, it should be. Yes. Hey Squarespace, hit us up. Anyway. Cool. Marcy, you wanna you wanna do us out? Yeah, okay. So join us next episode. We will be reading and uh, <laughs> we will good. be reading redacted. <laughs> <laughs> It's really fun to record because I just pause. Um, just dead silence. <laughs> and I'm going to have to enter and it's going to sound obviously recorded at a different time because it's kind That's of impossible okay. to replicate. It's fine. It's good. Uh, we'll see you soon, though. Thanks for listening. Give us uh, some reviews on wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps us out a lot. It does. It really does. So. All right. Thanks for listening. Happy Thank New Year. So Happy 2020. Bye. Lots of books. Bye. Bye.